What's up? This is Drex One, and this is another episode of the History of the Bay podcast, sponsored by the good folks at Amoeba Music San Francisco. Behind the cameras today, we got Rocky and King Said. We got D.O. on the boards, and shout out to the producers, Skino and Whitney Chanel. And today, I'm honored to welcome another guest, someone I've been looking forward to talking to for a long time, someone who has a really interesting story. And we're here today with Miss Jocelyn Superstar. Awesome. Superstar. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate you uh, taking the time out. We've been talking a little bit um, online and text, and it's cool to, like, get here face-to-face. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I just want to jump right into your story, starting with where did you grow up? Oh, um, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, in very white suburbs um, that I hated. And I used to, um, in high school, I spent a lot of time in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, I would ride the buses around. And on certain bus lines, uh, there was a lot of graffiti. And um, this is interesting how I'm just jumping into this. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um, But uh, there was uh, this one bus line, the East Busway, on the east side of Pittsburgh. And um, it went um, parallel with a train track, um, Amtrak. And um, the freight trains went along there, and all along it, it was full of graffiti. And so this was in the late 70s into the 80s. Um, it really blew up in the 80s. And I used to think to myself all the time, um, how, how did people do this? And I was really mesmerized looking at it all the time. I was an artist myself growing up, and I did a lot of... Um, illegal vandalism, um, marking of things, uh, writing on things growing up um, since I was a little kid, drawing on stuff, uh, crayons on walls and uh, go to pencils on walls, to Sharpies on walls, to, you know, whatever, um, desks. And um, so I was so um, kind of mesmerized by this graffiti, but I had no idea how people did it. And I certainly did not think any girls could do it. Um, I don't know why I thought this, maybe because I grew up in this, like, really sheltered suburbs and I didn't know anyone who wrote. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was that was pivotal in my childhood um, in Pittsburgh, yeah. was seeing this. That's cool. So you're seeing, like, the very early stages before people even really realized what it was, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't even realize what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were always into art. Yeah, always, always, where, yeah. Where did that come from? Um, my parents really pushed me a lot. Both of my parents were super creative. My dad was good at building things with wood and um, later built his own house. Um, but my mom was like an artist when she was growing up. And it just, I kind of just got pushed into it. Um, I played classical piano too. Um, but art was really turned into the passion. I got burned out on piano pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so um, I was very mixed media oriented, um, painting, sculpture. Um, I did a lot of sewing growing up, um, very, very crafty. And um, yeah, I uh, went to Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, PA, um, for my um, undergrad degree, um, BFA in art, and that was in painting and sculpture. Mm. Um, so you just knew so. from the beginning that this is what you want to do 
Pretty much. It became very clear when I was in high school. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I was right on track. And I actually wanted to go straight through to graduate school um, after undergrad, um, but I did not get in right away. So I became a bike messenger in Chicago for three years. Um, so that was kind of a real um, life learning experience for me that was very different from what I grew up with. Why Chicago? Um, I actually wanted to go to graduate school there. Oh, there was okay. a lot of good schools in Chicago, and there was a good art scene. Yeah. Um, it was kind of close to Pittsburgh, so I could take the train back and forth. Um, and I had friends that had moved there after graduating from undergrad. And um, so that's where I ended up for three years. But then I hated it after a while. It was really depressing. It was really big. Uh, there was a lot of poverty, and um, especially where I lived. And, um, and I ended up going back to Pittsburgh for five months. Then I finally got into graduate school at San Francisco Art Institute. And in 96, I um, came out to San Francisco in August of 96. So you had already been like experimenting with writing on walls or did you like get full on into the graffiti culture by then? Um, no, full on into the graffiti, graffiti, I call it graffiti art culture versus yeah. vandalism. Um, I was really part of vandalism. I got caught many times growing up for vandalizing uh, with spray paint or markers or whatever. And for some reason I was always getting caught. And, um, but I never really thought I could be a part of the art side of it. I still didn't know how people did these floaters and stuff I was seeing. Um, I definitely had no can control. I didn't know anything other than a stock tip. Um, and then um, I came to San Francisco um, to go to San Francisco Art Institute, and um, there was this required Barry McGee twist lecture um, that everybody had to go to. And um, that was, um, let me see, um, in no, it was, I believe it was November 5th, 1996. You were required to go to a twist lecture? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. What, was he just like their star pupil student that they wanted um, to show off? He or? was the star artist, I believe, maybe. Um, this was around the time he got the <clears> stuff <throat> over at Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. Um and around the MoMA, you know, there was all this fence, wood fencing type stuff around. And so he was kind of the star in the art scene, graffiti artist, but also came from the Art Institute. So they were like, let's bring in Twist. You know, he'll be really interesting for the kids. And um, but I think, you know, the, the painting department was very, very conservative, like oil on canvas. And I did not fit into that department at all. Um, so I think it went over a lot of the painters' heads. Um, they were like, what, what's all this about? But it spoke to me, and um, Twist spoke to me. And, like, I walked out of that lecture like a different person. Like, I found out all this stuff. He was telling people how to make mops and, like, how to do floaters and, like, how, the, how these things happen. And um, he was like, yeah, you can go to the hardware store and get this diamond tip scribing tool. And um, you can scribe up the, the bus shelters. And, uh, you know, he was just really giving all these suggestions for what to do with graffiti. And for me, like the person dabbling in graffiti my whole life, 
um, he spoke to me. That's crazy. So, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I, You know, I think things happen for a reason, and um, that was one thing that was on my path that definitely was meant to happen. Yeah, you know, like, throughout some of the stuff I do, and we're kind of talking about this off camera, like how graffiti is like a hidden, secretive subculture, like, Sometimes I'll hear negative opinions like, you shouldn't be telling people about this stuff. Or, right. But then you're telling me you literally got your introduction by twist, literally giving away graffiti secrets at an art exactly. school. Exactly. And to me, that just says, man, just just give give up the game. Like, pass it on. Yeah. Like, tell people about yeah. it. Otherwise... He was even showing slides of, like, a maze. And he's like, this is a maze. <laughs> Yeah. Like a maze painting. And like I don't think like, a maze like was down. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a maze was down with that. But um he was doing that and um he just he was really having a good time telling everybody everything. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. And I guess he didn't that he didn't have any uh fear of his identity being out there. Yeah. I've always wondered, you know, why they didn't go after him because he certainly did do damage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no fear, I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe that's something we can talk about down the line, too. But, like, it does seem like, from what I see, like, the early days when Twist was really out there in his prime, there was, uh, it wasn't the same type of consequences for graffiti writers that there is today. Yeah. Where you got, It like, was more semi-legal. Semi-legal, like, yeah. oh, there's a fucked up building and some kids painting on it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or like, all the, yeah. all the Or they take away stuff. your paint and let yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. that happened a lot. yeah. Um, yeah. So very different scene now. Yeah, now they're throwing felonies at kids. Yeah, and... yeah. And there's been waves of this, right. you know, because we saw during Corona that once again, um, graffiti almost got sort of semi-legal yeah. during Corona. Yeah, it exploded blew again. up. Yeah, yeah I noticed that. Um, so, you know, there's these waves, you know, now we have a D new DA. Yeah. And the new DA, I think, is cracking down. I've already heard of a lot of people getting arrested for graffiti um, in my peer group, and, um, you know, everybody should be careful again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anytime they want to, like, make some headlines and make it look like they're cleaning up the city exactly. or some new event or some Super Bowl or some buildings getting put up, then they want to start cracking down on yeah, it again. Yeah, exactly. Um, to go back to, like, the whole art school thing, uh, I've heard a lot of different people's takes on art school, um, like, uh, I know a lot of writers that have gone to art school um, and some writers that aren't, like, are anti-art school for whatever reason. Yeah. And some people, period, students who are, like, kind of disillusioned after going to art school. But what what was your opinion on it? What was your experience? Um, I loved it, um, especially undergraduate for me. Um, I went to a university, so I studied English and gender studies and history of Africa, um, all these really dope um, subjects on the side. Um, I got like a double major in art history. Um, so it was it was um, very um, spread out and um, just let me do whatever I wanted to do. Um, then then I went to graduate school. It's very different because it was at an art school. Um, so the focus is really on art, although you do. I remember taking a class in the Gothic. Um, and reading Dracula. Um, so you do read um, stuff that's not just art history or um, um, technique stuff or uh, criticism. Um, but um, 
the difference between graduate school and undergraduate graduate school um, really turned me into a critic. Hmm. And um, it was pretty painful at times. I almost failed out at one point. Like a self-critic? Um, yeah, self-critic yeah. and just to look at other people's art and mm, criticize yeah. also because you, all you do is sit around in critiques all day right. and you look at art and you just slam it. Like yeah. what it tells, it teaches you to look at the piece and find out what's wrong with it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. um, and that kind of drives me crazy in my own work. Like I'm very OCD and, um, yeah, I'm always looking for the problem. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a little bit annoying. Um, but overall, you know, I think art school for me was really good. It made me really tough, um, super educated. I love art history. Um, so it gave me time to um, really delve into art history um, and um, specialize in what I wanted to do. Um, when I was in graduate school, I did a lot of 35 millimeter slide lectures about graffiti. And that was sort of how I threw graffiti into my school mix. Um, I spent a lot of time in new genres, not in painting and sculpture. And um, in new genres, I was kind of fit in a lot better. And, um, you know, I would say graffiti is more part of new genres. Um, I've, heard, I've heard graffiti likened to uh, performance art. And um, and that you're very aware of your body and all your movements and everything. Yeah. Um, more so than like a traditional painting. You know? Yeah, yeah. Can control. Yeah. Wrist exactly. Action and exactly. All that type of stuff. Exactly. And then if you're actually doing illegal graffiti, then there's the whole side of um, what you have to go through to do it, and um, should you get caught, you need to get away. Yeah. So, There's so um, many little things that you have to prepare for when you're going out at night and bombing yeah. um, from how you organize your paint and all, all types, your getaway yeah. routes, all different right, types of right, stuff. Right, right, So after you saw that that twist lecture where you pretty much off to the races, like, all right, now I get it. Yep. It's clicking for me. Yeah. I'm finna start doing this. Yeah, yeah. I first started with stickers <laughs> and then I kind of build up really fast to um, tagging um, with markers. Um, I worked at Pearl Art and Craft, so I kind of had access to um, all these art supplies. Nice. And Is that uh, on the market? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I was getting things for free. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice. And my manager actually gave me a lot of things for free, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> She was another free thing. Yeah, for, I mean, to the extent, I feel like that store was kind of supportive of writers. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were. Yeah. So um, what was the landscape of uh, San Francisco graffiti like at this time? And were there other writers that were influencing you that yes. you saw? Yes, it was super duper exciting. Um, when I moved here... Uh, Reminis had just left San Francisco Art Institute. She just graduated, and she moved on to L.A., mm -hmm. but all of her graffiti was still um, around. And I was so inspired by her, um, what is this horse? And, um, and, you know, how many horses could I see in a day? And um, her letters were great, too. Um, I had found out... A, really 
more about her from the twist lecture. Yeah. Um, so so she really stood out, and um, twist showed a lot of pictures of her stuff, a lot of uh, 35 millimeter slides. And um, let's see, also KR was here, mm-hmm. um, Amaze. Um, oh, my gosh. It, the, like, the culture was just so rich at that time. Um um, you know, uh, Ty, Ty was, um, a crazy maniac, um, and did more graffiti than anyone, um, during the time he was alive. And, um, so there was just so, so, the landscape was so rich, um, with graffiti. Um, another person, Juice, um, was super cool with these bicycles everywhere oh, and yeah. Bigfoot, Bigfoot, the monsters everywhere. Um, it, it it just was such a different landscape than what we see now. Yeah. Um, really pop and um, uh, very, very enticing, like a candy shop. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and so as you're going out and just, like, you're bombing now, you're figuring it out as you go, um did you start making friends and meeting other writers? Uh, I probably made a lot of enemies because <laughs> um, I did a lot of side busting. I didn't know the rules. Um, that was something Twist didn't really um, talk about the rules so much as as much as how to do it. Um, so I um, just kind of did my own thing. Did did a lot of side busting. I was sticking stickers over people's tags. Um, I just didn't know the rules. And um, one thing I did was I kind of identified very fast with who was on top of the graffiti scene. And I started conversations with people like KR and Amaze. And I was sort of sticker battling with Amaze and... um, and he left these stickers with a pager phone number on it back when everyone had pagers and um, we didn't have cell phones then. And um, so I saw these stickers around with this pager number. And it was like, for a good time, call Josh Amaze and like side busting all my all my stuff in different spots. And I was really excited. I, I rode a bike everywhere. Um, I... You know, it was a bike messenger, so um, a bicycle was kind of like shoes to me. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was just riding from spot to spot, seeing all these amazing stickers. So I rode home, called the pager number, and he called me back. <laughs> and, um, and we met up um, 20 minutes later, and, you know, he was in the city close by, and, um, and we became friends. And um, he told me a lot of the rules Mm. and also told me how to fight wars, told me who to give attention to, um, told me what bands were cool, um, got me into Sleater Kinney. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Just was a really big influence on me. Um, so that was the first person I met in graffiti other than seeing the twist lecture that told me stuff and started teaching me about the history of graffiti. Um, 
also amazed was good friends with Gray. Gray came up from Albuquerque and um, Gray was staying with him. And um, Gray was really, really big into history of graffiti and was um, showing me all these books that were great. Um, Getting Up um, is probably my favorite book. And um, um, I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank. Um, my other favorite one is the Norman Mailer. Um, The Norman Mailer did a graffiti book? Yes. What? Oh, my God. New York City graffiti in the 70s. Really? Yeah. Why can't I remember it? It's driving me crazy. I'll remember it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't think people these days will understand. uh, That's a crazy way to meet somebody. Yeah, it is. Get pager number off of a sticker. It is. After you've been battling each other with stickers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It? Thank you. Thank you so much. Faith, the Faith of Graffiti is the book I'm thinking of. Those That and Getting Up are really my favorite little graffiti Bibles. I got to grab that. Um, my pops was a big Norman. Yeah, Mailer I have fan. a copy of it. Um, I should have brought it. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought all my books. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so now you're pretty much, uh, I'm sure, because I know how it goes. You meet somebody else, then you meet somebody else, and then through them you meet other people. Yeah. And just the next, and it, Especially back in those days, it was a pretty tight-knit scene. wasn't like there was, like, thousands and thousands of people doing it. Yeah, um, exactly. It was a lot tighter. And your style is uh, very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it quite looks like anybody else's. Uh, yeah. To me, it's very feminine. Yeah, thank it's you. It's pretty That's... obvious you're a woman. I mean, yeah. not only that, you're right in Jocelyn, superstar. Yeah, so. right. Um, where, did, where, did, where did you develop your style? Um, my style I've had my whole life that, you know, because I was an artist, um, when I was like in third and fourth grade, I was obsessed with calligraphy. Um, so the more ornate the lettering was, uh, the better, uh, I loved bubble letters. Um, everything about fonts was interesting to me growing up. My dad had a perfect, uh, print style that was very rounded, um, and he had a backhand to it too. Um, it was, it was perfected amazingly. And, um, and so I was very, very influenced by my dad's writing. Um, so I would try to, um, write like my dad growing up. So, so, but his were, his, like, he makes his ease like threes, um, like that. Um, so for me, I would take that and maybe like that <laughs> and um so just take it further and make it very ornate and girly yeah. and kind of um in your face punk rock too i get that sense too yeah. uh i think there's like definitely like a hip-hop style like the icp kind of funk letters yeah exactly and there's a, a punk rock style and yeah yeah kind of art punk rock yeah. style yeah, yeah. That's, I, I like all of that's it. me yeah. yeah i like all of it too yeah i thought bombing is my favorite i'm not really into legal pieces yeah, so yeah. much even though i do them sometimes too um you know challenge myself i like to be able to do everything i think being able to do everything is very admirable when i look at other writers. yeah i agree that's kind um, of the top standard I exactly like. yeah. exactly but i love bombing that's really my passion well speaking of bombing do you have any crazy chase stories 
Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I do have, you know, I, I have different stories coming to my head. I don't want to knock these off again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have different stories coming to my head, but the best chase story was when I was painting with Ty and we were painting along the freeway and he took me to all his chill spots. Um, he was teaching me to bomb. So I met him after I met uh, Amazing Gray. He was kind of the third writer that I met. And I was painting a legal spot uh, with a paintbrush, but it said Jocelyn Superstar. Um, and it was a piece I never finished because uh, 5 there was Vandal Squad back then, rolled up and was uh, hassling me, and some was painting that wall at the same time, and they put some in handcuffs. It was very dramatic. We had to talk our way out of it. Um, so I never finished that piece, but uh, when I was there, um, Ty showed up while I was painting, and that was how I met Ty. Hmm. Um, so anyways... Um, Ty was the third person. The, the story I have is Ty taking me to these chill spots and painting along the freeway. And one time there was all this rustling in the uh, kind of trees and brush along the freeway. Um, you know, we're, we're against the wall painting the wall. And uh, Ty starts screaming, Vandal Squad, Vandal Squad. And, um, and I was like, no, I don't think it's Vandal Squad. And because there was a lot of homeless people around there in little camps. And, um, and uh, he's, like, he's like, no, it's Vandal Squad. Get up the tree. And he made me climb up a tree and hide from Vandal Squad when it wasn't even Vandal Squad. <laughs> it was homeless people. <laughs> and they literally walked underneath us. And I'm hiding up in a tree. They never knew we were there. <laughs> and then they left. And he's like, okay, get back down. And we can finish our pieces. So that was the craziest. That was absolutely. And that's such a tie story. He just took everything to the highest level. <laughs> Literally I've, up a tree. I've, I've heard some. I've heard some chase stories where it's like, dude, you might as well just let yourself get caught. Yeah, like, I've heard of people jumping into water off the pier. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, jumping off a of crate, falling off of uh, crazy long drops and stuff. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Yeah, the um, tree was pretty funny because I hadn't climbed a tree since I was yeah, a kid, yeah. and I thought he was crazy. And I was, <laughs> you couldn't really argue with him though. He was the mastermind, yeah. and um, he would tell you how to do things, and he was definitely telling me how to do things. Um, I didn't really argue with him. I I knew he was the mastermind. Yeah, no. When you, it's important when you have a mentor like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you get hated on a lot for being a woman writer? I did um, by a ton of people, um, but. You know, at the same time, I think I stood out to people like Amaze and Gray um, and Orphan. Um, Orphan was friends with Amaze and Gray, and they told me Orphan was maybe the fourth person I met or wow. something. And they were like, they were like, Orphan really wants to meet you. Hmm. And I was like, really? And um, they were like, and I was like, I was like, but um, I, I guess I didn't really know who he was. And they were like, back in blah, 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 year 
Orphan was voted most popular graffiti in San Francisco in the SF Weekly oh, or yeah, the Guardian. Yeah, yeah. One of them. And I don't yeah. know what year it was, 94, 95 or something it's like that. Best of the Bay. Yeah, Best of the yeah, Bay. So yeah. he was the most popular graffiti artist at that time and went on for like another 20 years being the most popular graffiti artist. Yeah, sure. I mean, he was, the, you know, you think I'm original. That. Yeah. He was the master of a race. I see some orphan. similarities, and I could see why he would want to meet you, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were both into the punk rock bike thing yeah. and um, do your own thing, art thing, and uh, your own vision. So basically, overall, even though there were haters, the people you were meeting were kind of outweighing. Yeah, exactly. For doing. sure. The haters were toys, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, um, most, most, you it, know goes, it goes hand to hand, people. Or, or it's most or haters it's, are toys. It's a uh, toy behavior to yeah. hate. Yeah, 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 um, exactly. So if you're gonna spend that energy, that's very toy. Yeah, if you got confidence in what you're doing, you're not really gonna care that much to yeah. hate on somebody else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, why do you, why do you think it is? Uh, and there's there's a lot more now, but um, why do you think there were less uh, women graffiti writers? Uh, I think the time period, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a slightly more balanced society now with women and men. Um, there was more sexism back then and it's just become a little bit more accepted for, uh, women to be tough. Um, and there's all these waves of feminism. I've studied feminism a lot and I am a feminist. Um, but there's all these waves of feminism, and now we're kind of like in this other, just like cleaning up graffiti, there's waves of feminism, you know. Sure. Um, we're in this other wave where it's become very acceptable for for females to act a certain way, um, to be a little bit more outgoing than maybe um, 25 years ago. Yeah, do you also think it's some more like... Uh, it's easier for, like, younger girls to be able to see themselves in these roles, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also, graffiti is not uh, marginalized anymore. Like, when I was growing up wondering how people were doing things, it's part of hip-hop culture. Yeah. Um, So it's received a lot of attention um, visually um, by... um, um, by academics. Yeah. Um, pop culture, too. Exactly. Yeah. Pop culture and, and academia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, I mean, to see uh, the changes now. I think it's dope that there's so many uh, women women out there writing now. And, yeah. And girls. Yeah, I'm inspired. I'm inspired. There's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of teenage girls right now. A lot of teenage now. girls, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teenagers in general. <laughs> there are. I mean, some of them. I mean, some yeah. of these 12-year-old kids. It's blowing my yeah. mind. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like you said, it comes in waves. I think there's a new wave right now. Yeah, I think so, too, because of that whole corona thing yeah. uh, where graffiti was so... Um, Everybody was doing it. Yeah. You know, people were mad, and let's go out and do graffiti because we're mad. the streets were empty. Yeah, so, the streets yeah. were empty, and that's what people were doing. Yeah. Um, well, to go back to Ty, um, because I know he's an important part yeah. of your story. Um, so you said you met him through um, just by pulling up to that spot. Yeah, yeah. He pulled up to me while I was painting, and he had his hands on his hips. He said he called me Jocelyn. He couldn't say Jocelyn. Um, English was not his first language. He's, he spoke Chinese. And uh, Jocelyn, you dissed my crew. 
And I was like, no, I didn't diss your crew. I'm just um, giving you attention. You know, I'm your fan. And um, he was so defensive. Um, but then we just started talking and we really got along. And he was like, do you smoke weed? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, hold on a second. And he gets on his bike and he rides home. And he brings back seven perfectly rolled joints. And he kind of throws them at me. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, you can have these. And and he was like, I only smoke blunts. <laughs> <laughs> but then as I became friends with him, I realized that that was not true. Ty would smoke any type of weed. <laughs> that there were times we were scraping the bong and uh, we were smoking some gnarly shit. How old was so, he at that time? Um, he was 18. Oh, so okay. I met him only a few months uh, before he passed away. But you guys so, got really close, huh? Yeah, we got very, very close. Yeah, he yeah. was my mentor. He was my teacher of bombing. Um, when I met him at that wall, you know, after he had his hands on his hips, ready to kick my ass, he was like, uh, why don't you let me teach you bombing? You want to learn bombing, bombing and you want to learn how to bomb? And I was like, sure. Yeah. So I was, I was really down for it. And I kind of stopped going to school for a while. Um, I was just hanging out with Ty, like, every day. So you're much day. older than him, too. You're already... Yeah, I was eight years older. Yeah. So, um... And you're like, damn, this, this kid's or cool. Or seven and a half years older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was super cool. I'd never met anyone like him in my life. What was his personality like? Uh, very, very hypermanic. Uh, he never slept. Um, he was a big stoner, um, had no interest in TV or pop culture. Um, he, you know, people always say Ty listened to rap. Um, I never saw him listening to any music or heard him listen to any music during our whole friendship. Uh, the only thing he was focused on was graffiti. So maybe he was with these other dudes and other dudes had some rap on and he responded to it. But um, I saw him only responding to graffiti and that was it. That that was his, what his whole life was about. Where do you think that came from? Because that's a pretty, that's a rare kind of dedication to anything. But in graffiti, like, yeah, you know, people do other Supposedly, stuff. Supposedly, or... he told me he had cousins in San Jose that um, did graffiti. And... Um, uh, they were a big influence on him. They were older. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I know um, you're working on the book, too, yeah, and we'll yeah. talk about that later, but <clears throat> just since I've been doing my videos, I've been hearing all these stories that I never heard before. Yeah. Um, kind of piecing it together just for my own sake and just so I can, you know, correctly tell people, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people say, uh, tell stories about growing up with him in Santa Clara. Yeah. And uh, that he was bombing out there in, in San Jose as well. I believe even Stockton. He might yeah, have lived for yeah. A while. You know, I think he was bombing anywhere he could get to. Yeah. And um, that he just had the attitude, um, more is better, and, um, you know, did as much as he could wherever he could. And that was really the only thing he was thinking about besides his family. And he was a devout Buddhist. Um, he, did he did spend time thinking about Buddhism. Um, and family, very, very involved in his family. Um, but aside from that, it was it was all about graffiti. Did you ever get to meet anyone in his family? Were you close with them? I did not, but I have, um, since he passed away, I have talked with his sister on Instagram. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and they, they are supportive of a book coming out about, that's his, great. about his life, yeah. 
Well, I mean, unfortunately, it's hard to tell his story without talking about his passing. Yeah, it um, is. And I've, like, researched this, like I said. I've looked into it. Um, but just do you want to tell your version of, the, of events there? Um... I think I think you know maybe it's better if you tell it because um, it's hard for me. I yeah. get a little tripped up. Yeah, I get a little tripped up. I know it's a sensitive subject. Yeah, but I mean it's it's been documented in um, you know magazines and and piece by piece documentary. Yeah, pretty detailed yeah, job yeah. I talked about it in piece by piece. Yeah, and so it's like if I talk about it again, I'm just kind of reliving what I did in piece by piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, just basically the idea that he was out bombing by himself and climbing up a um, a pole in a, to a yeah. building in the Tenderloin to access the roof. Yeah. Uh, Vietnam veteran who... Yeah. Um, the reports I read said that he was already pulling guns out on people. Yeah, that he had a big collection of guns, was a gun freak. Yeah, and also had a, his, a human um, target yeah. range on the backside of his door. Yeah, I read that in yeah. reports. Um, so it just kind of obviously comes off as a really unstable guy. Exactly. <clears throat> um, he came out, confronted Ty. There was a, a witness. I don't think she ended up coming forward in like... I heard she was not a credible witness she because was, she was uh, a sex worker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but basically her version of events was here in... Basically, Ty tried to deal with it peacefully. Mm -hmm. Throw his hands up, say, right. don't shoot. Right. And, he was, yeah. he was unarmed. Exactly. 18 year old, 18 years old, teenager, small guy. Exactly. Um, and uh the coroner report and everything is shows that he was shot in the back of the head. Yeah. So that and going down the stairs, yeah, running away. So yeah. there's really no like threat to William Porter that was who exactly. shot for shooting him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's hard for me to talk about because as you're talking about the stairs, I can see the stairs because I was there after he was murdered. Uh, we all had a memorial at that spot until the cops ran us out. And um, I was right there crying at the stairs. So I can see the stairs in my head. Yeah, um, There was blood all over the stairs and the cement in the parking lot. Um, you know, it was fresh blood. And yeah, I'm sorry that you and all his friends and all his family had to experience that. And, um, yeah. you know, I, 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 but I do think, like, well, didn't he also, didn't Porter, like, come out and harass people during that moment? Yeah, too? yeah, I never had a, um encounter with him. Um, but I did hear that story a lot. But I heard I heard a lot of graffiti writers harassing him over the years, too. All going back, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, he's on Facebook. Yeah. I've seen him yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the reason why I think it's important to tell the story, too, is just um, the fact that no charges were ever filed. Yeah. Really fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in your opinion, why why do you think that is? Uh, because Ty was Asian. He was a minor. Um, his parents were uh, Chinese. Um, 
but they came from the Philippines. Um, so they, you know, English wasn't their first language. They weren't able to uh, fight a proper legal battle, I think. Um, they were also Buddhist, so maybe they thought, let it go. Let it go. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, and uh, Porter was a uh, photojournalist, um, was kind of um, well esteemed in the art world. A little bit and um, had a lot of uh, pictures in like City Hall or something mm. like that. I remember as a bike messenger, I saw some of his pictures in buildings um, that they, you know, people would point them out to me. Oh, that's the guy that um, murdered Ty. And um, yeah, yeah, crazy how it was dropped. Well, I think I read too that it wasn't, there, I think he was, he had to testify in front of a grand jury, mm-hmm. maybe. And from there, they just decided, all right, case dismissed, no charges. And um, I think on top of the fact that uh, Ty was, uh, you know, allegedly about to commit some vandalism, too. And, you know, I just got to say this. I've gotten so many. This really pisses me off. I've gotten so many messages, so many comments on my video about Ty, about people saying, well, he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been doing that. And, And it's just like... Dude, there's no possible excuse. There's no reason why you think putting paint on a wall is worth somebody's life. And it's an 18-year-old kid. He's just still developing. There's a million other ways that that situation could have been handled um, without him losing his life. Um, So I I just think, you know, I'm I'm glad. I'm sorry that it's such a tragedy, and I don't want to, like, obviously relive those events, but I do think it's important that people know the story and, yeah. and continue to tell it. And that video about Ty has been uh, the biggest one I've ever done. Yeah, It's been viewed millions of times. Um, so for some reason, for whatever reason, um, that, that story is really resonating with people. And I'm glad, uh, as you said before, like he was in the pursuit of this fame for his graffiti. And I do think that if anything, if there is any like, silver lining to this horrible thing is that, you know, so many people have kept his name alive. Yeah. And yourself being one of them. Um, what do you think about all the tributes and stuff that, that went up for him? Uh, I think it's great. Yeah. And, um, you know, all of us that, that knew him, really, we know that um, he wanted to be famous in graffiti, and that was, like, his number one thing that he was trying to accomplish uh, for for eternity, he would be famous in graffiti, and he didn't want to be forgotten. And um, so we we all know that, and he made that very clear. Um, and um, I think all the tribute, the tie warning stuff, yeah. um, I almost wore my shirt today, but I decided to wear a dress. Um, but... Um, Whoever it is that puts up those tie warning stickers, um, you know, they're doing a really good job. Um, There's show stickers. uh, That's how you pronounce SEO is show. And um, there's a lot of show stickers running around, Um, uh, you know, T-shirts, skateboards now. Um, Fate was making skateboards of the tie ship. Um, It's all good because it keeps it alive. Yeah. Shout out to Fate too. Yeah, we've, shout out we've, to Fate we've for sure. Up a little bit here and there. Um, I mean, well, 
one thing I, that you've done and I, you still continue to do, I see on like your Instagram is like documenting. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, flicking is a big part of graffiti culture, especially pre-internet days. Yeah, especially for me, too, mm -hmm. with my art background. Um, right. It's very mixed media. I studied um, black and white photography when I was an undergrad. Um, and, um, you know, as an artist, we're always documenting our work. It's very, very important. So when I was in graduate school and I started doing graffiti, I had to document my work, mm. uh, 35 millimeter slides. And um, and then when I was a bike messenger uh, in San Francisco after graduate school, I would carry around a disposable 35 millimeter camera. And um, so it's very important to document work because now you see it, now you don't. Yeah, there's times you might paint a masterpiece and it might be gone the next day. Yeah, exactly. So that was, was that part of your practice, like just carrying a camera with you? Whatever? Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I'm carrying around a phone. Hey, whatever, same principle. <laughs> different, different medium, it's not I as guess. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Were you develop? You did your own developing. Um, too? I did when I was an undergrad, yeah. but um, not not. I, I had the opportunity to when I was in graduate school, but I was just so damn busy. Um, developing film takes time. Yeah. So I felt like I didn't really have time to be in the dark room. That's like a whole another busy. art. Yeah, discipline. it's a whole other art. Yeah, yeah and you can get really anal with it, and yeah. I'm not that anal. Yeah. With my yeah, photography. I know what you mean. I but, like a little bit of spots and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blur. Yeah. But you, I mean, you, your collection of um, pictures eventually led to yeah. this book right yeah. here. The yeah. original Bay yeah. Area graffiti yeah. book. Yeah. Um, how did that come together? Um, I, let's see, I was really big into Flickr. And one of my fans on Flickr was S. Faustina. And uh, he asked me to write a book with him. He um, messaged me on Flickr and said, will you write a book with me? And I thought he was joking, actually. And I didn't, I didn't take him seriously. And as we were working on it, it was about two months into it that I realized, okay, this is for real. We're really working on a book. And right about that time, um, he is a um, senior graphic, de graphic designer for Francis Ford Coppola and has a lot of connections with publishers. And right about that time, he was talking to Mark Batty and Mark Batty said, oh, we're interested in that. And so literally we were two months into the book and then they threw us a year deadline hmm. and said, oh, can you write this book in a year? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, yes, you can. And um, as Faustina, and he was really... Um, you know, the person that kept me in line through the whole book, uh, getting it done. And uh, uh, he's a great, great partner, great artist and great graffiti artist. But I can't say what he writes. But he's <laughs> no. in the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing book. Uh, like uh, we were saying all off camera, I've seen it around for a long time. Thank you. This is like my first time actually picking it up and, and going through it. And it's got really cool interviews. And you, it's out of print now. Yeah. So you are saying that it's um, the... The uh, it's selling for like yeah I've seen copies go for three fifty seven that's the Ooh. highest I've seen on eBay that's so big. um and even um the lowest I saw was like three years ago I saw it go for ninety and that's what I bought that for because I didn't have any more copies. If you're out there and you're selling one of these, hit me up. I, I, uh, I'll spend the 90. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> and it's cool to uh, just 
Because in our conversation, you were saying that, like, the early books, the Norman Mailer. Yeah. How right. that kind of inspired right. you. Right. And, the then, the and then you created your own. Yeah, so that's exactly. Really cool. Yeah. And I, I made a lot of zines over the years, too, that totally led up. I didn't just write a book. I made zines. And yeah. Whenever, yeah, yeah. whenever people say they want to write a book, I kind of laugh at them. And I'm like, you better make some zines first and figure out how to do it. That's uh, another thing I was going to ask about. Can you explain, like, because I, I I met this kid the other day. He didn't even know what a zine was, oh. which I don't blame him for. But I, I do remember, um, especially for the graffiti, like, a zine, it was important. Like, yeah. pre-internet, like, if you ain't got the flicks, you ain't got it. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, what? that's what we had before the internet. Yeah. Was we had a lot of pen pals and we passed around photographs to each other, um, 35 millimeter photographs. Um, so yeah. What was your process like for making zines? Um, I did everything cut and paste with a um with an exacto knife and a ruler. And uh, I did not use a computer at all. Um, I would um, copy my pictures on a Xerox machine. And um, uh, I actually went to Copy Central because there was a Copy Central right by my graduate studio uh, in graduate school. So um, that's where I went usually. But but I have been to Kinko's too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just talk, I just love that feeling of like, um, you know, that folded paper in your hands with yeah. the staple, yeah. the, the look of it. I, I might yeah. try to bring those back. And, yeah, and I've to... had, you know, in the 90s, I had a couple uh, photocopy machines myself, too. And there was a scam I used to do at Office Depot, and this is a good story. Um, you could go in there and within 30 days uh, record return a piece of a electronic equipment so you could buy a photocopier on a uh, credit card and return it within 30 days but use it use up that toner that it comes with um, for 30 days and return it and mine would have all this dog hair in it and stuff and they'd be looking at it and, <laughs> but they had to take it back and then I would literally do it again and I did it three times in a row where I kept getting these photocopiers that way and returning them <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty nice pretty slick <laughs> yeah yeah whatever way you can get the work done <laughs> I mean that's definitely the graffiti mentality yeah. by, by any means necessary right right uh, one and one other thing I want to ask you about, just in terms of like, because you've been part of so many things, documenting the culture. You, you're some people might know you from being in piece by piece. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was that like? And, and what's your opinion? What's your opinion of the final product? Oh, that came um, out? well, I was. You know, it's interesting. I was one of the first people that was interviewed in piece by piece. Um, a lot of writers were very skeptical and more secretive than me. Yeah. Um, because I was in graduate school and I was always presenting these. Um, slide presentations to everybody. I was very public. And I actually studied uh, performance art. I didn't talk about this yet. In undergraduate, so the performance art really uh, fit in well with uh, doing 35-millimeter lectures about graffiti. And... Um, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, piece yeah. by piece. Oh, piece by piece. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was one of the first people interviewed, and um, I was not scared to be interviewed at all because of my background. And I welcomed these guys into my home that I didn't know and um, just really went on, on a limb for it. And it turned out great. Yeah. I'm so proud of the kids, that, and they were kids that made this. They were in their early 20s. Um, beautiful film, um, just 
covers the history really, really well. And it's a gorgeous film. Did done very well. Yeah, it's pretty important. Yeah. Um, I was at the premiere. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 16 with yeah. like 40 in the back of the movie yeah. theater. That was, it was a pretty wild night. Yeah. That was fun. Um, but I, a lot of people have hit me up and referenced piece by piece, so I think it did a really good job of just yeah. documenting the culture. I know I heard people say some complaints. There should have been more of the 80s. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, know, or more SF. Why are you covering MSK? You know, yeah, all yeah, that stuff. That but that's part of the history. Yeah, yeah. You know, they came up here and they kicked butt. Yeah, so. they definitely did. And that was a cool way to just... I think they did a pretty good job overall. Oh, yeah, it was stuff. great. Yeah. It was great. I'm so so happy to be a part of that. Um, we've talked about a little bit just with like Corona and stuff, but what do you think is like, what, what changes have you seen? How is today's graffiti scene in San Francisco different than when you jumped in it? You know, there just don't seem to be as many cutty spots as there used to be, um, for bombing. Like I go out there and it's mostly about tagging. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the cutty spots are gone. Gone. Um, it's just a different landscape. Yeah. Um, but you do what you can do. Um, there's many, many different ways to do graffiti, like stickers or whatever, um, you know, floor tags. Um, you do what you can do. Yeah. So, I don't see it going anywhere. Very, very, yeah. It's still yeah. around yeah, for now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and do you want to say a little bit more about what other stuff you're working on, like the book or anything else? Coming oh, up yeah. Well, I am working on a bo- another book with S. Faustina. It's called King Ty. Um, it's coming along very slowly because I have fibromyalgia, and we were going to talk about oh, that, and yeah. then we kind of forgot about that. Um, but that just slows me down in life, um, and I walk with a cane. Um, what, what, is, what is that? Can, like, fibromyalgia, yeah. it's nerve pain all over your body, um, but it... There's a lot of, like, symptoms that come with it. There's, like, rashes and dry skin and um, memory loss and um, just migraines and everything. Um, But I, um, a couple times this year, I lost feeling in my hand, my hand and my arm up to my shoulder for about four months. And um, it was just severe pain or I couldn't feel anything. Um, and I was still able to do art and move my hand through all this, but I couldn't feel it or it felt horrible. Um, so that's fibromyalgia. Um, I had back surgery. I never came back from my back surgery. Um, my back surgery in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one year ago, one, one and a half years ago, I uh, never came back from it because I have this autoimmune thing, fibromyalgia. And um, you just can't come back from things as well. Your body doesn't right. fight things in the right way. Um, so I suffer from a lot of pain. Yeah, um, and I appreciate you um, be, even taking the time to to be here, knowing that that's what you're dealing with. Yeah. And um, does the art and stuff like help the art you? really really helps? Yeah. Graffiti gets me excited. Um, art really gets me excited. I spend all my time doing art now. Um, when I'm outside of bed, and bed is very painful for me. I actually don't sleep very often. Um, I have a lot of insomnia. Um, so I just spend all my time doing art and hanging out with friends and um, graffiti activities. Yeah, I know. Well, you're still still pushing. 
Yeah. And uh, I can't yeah. wait to see um, what you do with the book. Yeah. yeah. I also, um, so that book is a, a slow thing. Um, also, I am working on um, a fashion line called Jocelyn Superstar Fashion. Um, and it's a lot of cut-up T-shirts uh, with HTV vinyl on it, heat, trans- heat transfer vinyl, uh, rhinestones, and um, cool accessories like my earrings. Um, so I'm really interested in fashion, too, and bringing graffiti into that and hip-hop into that. And, That's awesome. Uh, glam. and uh, Yeah. I love seeing all the different ways that, like, graffiti can take you. Yeah, yeah. Like, for me, like, I bring it into my music. I, it, it just, uh, something I was part of that it, it influences, like, everything I do in Exactly, life. exactly. It's all part of the culture. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much, yeah, Jocelyn totally. Superstar. You have an amazing story. You're a really cool person. Thank and you. you've done some really cool stuff. And uh, I'm glad that you... We're down to come here and share the story today. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. Thanks for having me here. Of course. Really enjoyed it. Thank you to the whole team. Another historic episode. They're going to be watching these in 20 years from now. Mark my words. (laughs) It's the History of the Bay podcast. Thanks to the whole team. And we'll be back next week. Much love. Bye-bye.